0: You're listening to Life Church podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter.
1: This portion of today's service. It's taken from Acts chapter 13. And it is a time when Paul and Barnabas are traveling about. Now, they are obviously, you know, establishing the church and building the church. And we see the acts of God throughout the book of Acts as this all is happening. And so these are men who are considered elders within the church. And um, in this particular passage, as they have approached Antioch, uh, they've gone in and uh, they are there uh, with the, the leaders in the synagogue. And these are the words that we find in this particular passage. It says, Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga, and they came to Antioch. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. And this is what I'd like for you to get from this particular passage. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Brothers... If you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. And so Paul stood up, and motioning with his hand, he said. And he went into this lengthy uh, narrative in that passage. But after he finished the narrative, it says that the Gentiles rejoiced greatly and glorified God. With the reading of that, I want to say to you that there are some people in Life Church that oftentimes go, Un, uh, unspoken about, un, unnoticed in some ways, and certainly not thanked enough, and that is our elders and their wives. Uh, these are the people who lead and guide us. These are the people that David and I are deeply submitted to, and uh, we work very closely with. And we have a great, great appreciation for the elders and their wives in Life Church and what they bring to Life Church. And so, what I've done for today is I've invited them, well, sort of. Ask them. Some of them feel quite coerced in this, but. But I've asked all of them to please come for a moment and share their heart with you. I've asked them specifically to do this through uh, sharing a a scripture that they feel that God has laid on their heart uh, for you uh, and to just encourage you or pray for you, whatever they feel like. For two or three minutes, each of our elders and those who have married their wives along with them are coming up uh, and they're just going to bless you today. So from this moment forward in the remainder, of the service until pastor dave gets gets up to to pray at the end this is your blessing all right so please be in the spirit to receive the blessing of the lord as the elders come uh and speak to you this morning okay so i'm going to turn the service over to them um, and let them share their hearts with you
2: thank you pastor I'm Wade Hellison.
0: Oh, hi. My name is Charity. I'm his wife.
2: (laughs) We're going to start with some scripture. I have uh, from Psalm 37, verses 3 through 9. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evildoing, for evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land.
0: Waiting. We end up doing an awful lot of it. We wait in traffic trying to get home from work. And then we wait in traffic trying to get to the mall on a Saturday during the Christmas shopping season. Some of us wait for our coffee to brew We wait patiently, and sometimes not so patiently, until we can take that first sip of that magical brown liquid to help us make it through our morning. If that's you, y'all need deliverance from that. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) We wait nine long months for a baby to be born, and then we wait for what seems like forever, for that baby to sleep through the night. (laughs) Sometimes we wait for very significant things, like for a son or a daughter or a loved one or a friend to come back to Jesus. And all the while we are here on this earth, we wait for the big one. We wait for Christ's return. We wait for Jesus to come back and make everything right. We wait for him to restore all things. We wait to be transformed into his image and we don't just wait passively like we sometimes do when we're standing in a long checkout line or we're sitting in our doctor's waiting room in those periods of waiting we probably pull out our phones and check our email or peruse our Instagram account or check or text our friends to complain about the wait so then what do we do as we wait for Christ's return we come to him we keep persevering in prayer We keep expecting God to act. We keep hoping in his promises. And we continually die to our flesh and its desires. And instead, we put on compassion. And we put on kindness and humility and meekness and patience. And we forgive each other. We love each other. And we let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We do all that we can to live in unity with one another as the body of Christ. And in all this, in all of this dying to ourselves and bearing with one another in love and waiting, we are thankful, thankful to God who gave us his son Jesus to be born here on this earth, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross for each one of us. Then to be raised to life three days later, so that one day all who believe in him will be restored and will have eternal life. And we're thankful to God, who gives us everything we need to live well and love well while we're here on this earth. And we're thankful to God, even for the waiting.
2: Colossians three, verses twelve through seventeen says. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another another, and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful." let the word of christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms hymns and spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in your hearts to god whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of lord the lord jesus giving thanks through him to god the father i just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you life church a very simple one jesus i just pray that this body would be filled and blessed with thankfulness and with purpose in this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
3: Good morning, Life Church. Uh, my wife and I each going to share a scripture with you guys and uh, kind of elaborate on it a little bit. So, and I think my wife's going to go first.
4: Okay, I will share with you this morning.
3: Um... Me. Okay, we're supposed to introduce ourselves. My name is Roy Christian. <laughs> Sorry. My name is Roy. Uh, this is my, my wife, Yvette. And so now we're going to get into our portion. Thank you. <laughs>
4: We have to follow that order. So, First John, I'm going to share out of First John one nine. If you will, please turn to that verse with me. First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, when um, my husband told me that we had to share. Throughout this year, I kept going back to this verse. And as I started researching, I am well aware that there are two theological views, and I'll refer to my favorite theologian over there later. But for right now, I'm going to pick one of them. There's one that says that uh, this letter was written to non-believers, and another view of theologian that says that this was written to believers. And I'll go with the latter. And for me... This verse is a constant reminder that there is an uncompromising, undeniable need of God. And there is always an open door. The verse says, If you confess your sins, which marks, first of all, that punctual time when you become a believer, when you become born again, when you become a part of the family of God. And there's that constant need of forgiveness, which it's not if you sin, but when you sin, because it's just a matter of time before you fall again. And I'm a constant reminder of that, just ask myself, my husband. I sin constantly. So I need that verse to remind me that there is always an open door. And I went to the ladder saying that this was addressed to a body of believers, and you are the body of believers. And here it says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to clean you from all unrighteousness. The if is there, that is an extension of God saying you have to take that step, that step of acceptance, that, that step where you know that you need that God, that you need his forgiveness, you need that reconciliation with God. That's the first step. And then it says all unrighteousness is nothing too bad, nothing too big, nothing too small that God cannot forgive. And that is a reassurance for me that I cannot mess up. And if I do, there is a way to come back to God. Just like we were born in a family, we became a member of that family. If the relationship goes bad, you don't stop being a member of the family. You remain a member of the family. However, in order to restore the relationship where it was, you have to take that first step, which will require you to ask for forgiveness. And for me, that's that reset button. I have to push constantly saying, Father, I have fallen And now I am in need of your forgiveness. And that is a reminder for me that I have that God who loves me. And that's a reminder for you that you have that God who is always open, always willing, always acceptant and willing to open his arm and receive you in and give you that forgiveness. Not only one time, whenever you need it, it is available and you can take full advantage of it. That's my encouragement to the church
5: today.
3: And uh, mine come from uh, Romans 8, verse 28. And it says, uh, and we know that for those who love God, I'm sorry, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. And I use that verse quite a bit um, because, first of all, life don't always go our way, the way we think it should. Sometimes we have ups, sometimes we have downs, you know, we might lose a loved one. Uh, a lot of different things can go on in life. But just knowing that uh, no matter what it is, God can take that situation and make something good come out of it. So we, uh, I mean, and that is also to say that we are, we are powerless. We are, we're not in control. God is. So no matter what we face in life, no matter what we do in life, no matter how we act in life or whatever, you know, what, whatever goes on in our lives, we are not in, in charge. But God is. And God can use those uh, really bad situations that, that we face in life on a, on a constant basis more than we even like to think or even admit. God can take those things and, and make good out of it. And it's not always for us. The things that happen in our lives, is not always for us. Sometimes it's for us to show forth the glory of God and for other people to see that, oh, well, God is at work. You know, In, in, in me, even though he may use me for that, for that situation, God is in control, and he can do the same thing for you. So uh, that's, that's what we have. God bless you guys.
4: Can we pray for the church? Okay. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be part of the body of believers. We are thank you thankful for every and each one of them. They are a constant reminder, oh God, that we need a relationship with you and a relationship with each other. We ask in the name of Jesus, God, that nothing will ever separate us from you. And if it's that sin, oh God, that you'll give us, Father, to know that the door is always open for us to come back to you through the blood of Jesus to be made one with you and to be able to walk that walk of salvation with you, God. I pray, Father, that all of us will take full advantage of it and know, God, that we do not have to work for our salvation. You've done it for us, God. We just have to receive it in faith. And right now, the whole church says, Amen.
6: I'm Andrew Carmeny uh, and i'm actually i'm gonna I'm not gonna start with uh, with with the scripture um, that's actually gonna be our prayer uh, at the end uh, it's it's ephesians 3, uh, 14 through twenty one uh, and and just thinking and going into I don't know a, a new year and, and looking back at this last year and um, and shoot just over a year ago coming into this building. Um, but but the way the the Lord has been working in in us as a church uh, but but also as as individuals uh, this this real real constant uh, reminder that that we're not there yet um, and and that's okay um, we're <laughs> none of us are are all star Christians uh, that that have it all together that have um, all the answers and um, and are just good um, no we're we 're working through it we're we 're one step forward, two steps back um, but the, the the greatest thing in, in all of this is that none of that happens in a vacuum, uh, and none of that happens alone. Uh, we as a church uh, get to get to mature with one another um, and and Ephesians just the entire letter really speaks to this truth over and over and over again that we don't come to be like Christ and to live out a life that, that reflects Christ on our own, but we, we do that together um, by the power of God. Uh, so uh, as, we, as we go into a new year, uh, as, as we know the world itself is, is tumultuous and um, so much uncertainty, uh, and, and even just thinking of our own lives where, where we don't have guarantees for tomorrow. Um, may may this prayer that, that Paul has for the church in Ephesus uh, be one also for us. So it reads, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
7: I'm Paul Olson. This is my wife, Anne, who will be in scripture and then prayer.
8: Be reading from 1 John, 2 Corinthians, and Romans 5. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Let's pray. And
7: Heavenly Father, as we uh, approach this Christmas season, we ask that you would help us in just realizing the reason that we celebrate, just growing in our understanding of that. Lord, and as we give and receive gifts, I pray that you will help us to comprehend more so, Lord, the gift that you have given to us, Lord. The reason we celebrate is the gift of your Son, Lord that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us. Lord, and as we have fellowship with people at the church, fellowship with family or friends, or Lord, and even if some people have, don't have as many people around them, or maybe alone on Christmas, I pray that you will help us all, Lord, to know that our fellowship is with you by your grace, That we have, that we are in your family, that you love us and you care for us, that you are with us. You've said you will never leave us nor forsake us, that you are always there for us, Lord God, and that we have peace in you, Lord. I pray that you will just help us, Lord, as we just approach uh, this season to, in anticipation of the events that are coming. Help us, Lord, to let those events even pale in comparison to the importance uh, and the desire in our hearts to know you more, Lord, and to grow in our relationship with you, Lord, in our worship of you, our gratitude to you for all that you have done for us. And just the understanding of how great and awesome and mighty and powerful and wonderful you are, Lord God. And we, just, we thank you for all of these things that you have done for us. Thank you that we are yours, Lord, that we are part of your family for what you have done uh, to bring us into that family. And as it says in First uh, 1 Peter 1.13, Therefore, prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord God, that you will be our hope, Lord, that our hope will not be in things of this world, things of this life, but but our hope will be in you. We said you are always faithful. You will never disappoint. And we just thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name.
9: You know, all of you, I greet you every morning, and I kind of tease you and welcome you. And, but when I'm up here in front of you, you all look different for some reason. I'm really nervous, so <laughs> you'll have to help me through this. My name is Wendell Boos, and this is my wife Susan. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich.
5: We've been thinking about how different it would have been had Jesus been born rich. A few words come to mind. Approachability, accessibility, and availability. Barb, you've been to London, right? Did you get to go to Kensington Palace? Did you get to go in and meet with the royal family? They weren't available, accessible, probably not approachable. Long, long time ago, I was in the White House, but I didn't get to meet President Nixon. So if you would meet a president on the street, would he be approachable? What would happen if you tried to approach him? You'd be arrested, right? But because Jesus was born of lowly birth. Even the shepherds, who were despised at the time, were invited to kneel right at the manger. But not only the poor, because kings from far away, with gifts, they were rich, followed the star and were able to meet Jesus in person. Um, Becoming poor opened the way for anybody and everybody who has a true heart seeking him to find him. We like the lyrics of a song where it says, Oh, how he loves us. From the homeless to the famous and in between. Jesus is all about relationship. All of us and each of us can approach him, have access to him, and know that he's always available for us. That message was obvious at his birth, and it was fulfilled through his life and his death. And his resurrection. So, what does that say about us and how we should live? That same song that I was quoting begins with Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one, the one for whom you loved and gave your son. For humanity, increase my love. Help me to love with open arms the way you do, a love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. Oh, that when they look in my eyes, they would see you, even in just a smile. They would feel the Father's love.
9: So, our prayer for Life Church is that this coming year we would know the richness of the approachability, the accessibility, and the availability of our God, and that we as individuals and a body of believers would reflect that love to each other, our neighborhood, and beyond. God bless you all.
10: Thank you so much to our elders and their wives. We're truly blessed today in so many ways. I get to close this up with just a prayer. And as I was thinking about, you know, we get one shot at praying for your church at the end of the year. What's like the most important thing? Um, to pray into our lives, and we pray for you every week. But I was thinking about it last night because I was going through the question and answer number one of the Heidelberg Catechism with my girls, and we're memorizing it together, which is a lot of laughing and joking around and then a little bit of work. Um, And I talked to them about, like, okay, you guys, enough joking around. This is actually really important. And I memorized the whole catechism a couple of times growing up, and a lot of it was just kind of rote experience at the time. But one thing really stuck with me, and that is the answer to the question, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And that answer is that I, with body and soul, both in life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood is fully satisfied for all my sins and redeem me from all the power of the devil. And It goes on and on to to talk about how we're preserved and the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and and my girls were like, this is this was really important to you, hon, huh, Dad? And, and so they, they went to work memorizing it. But I want to pray that over you today. That in this coming year, if there's nothing else that you remember, it's that you belong to Jesus. That will change everything about you. Honestly, it'll change the way that you behave. It'll change the way that you think. It'll change your level of peace in your heart. It'll change the way you approach circumstances. It'll change your marriage. It'll change the way you parent just that we're confident in our identity as people of God who belong to him because we've been adopted into his family through Jesus Christ, our Savior. All right, so I'm going to pray this over you today, and then we're going to be dismissed. Uh, I forgot to announce earlier that there are gift bags for all the children. So I went back there and told them. So parents, there's, there's not too much bad stuff in those, but you're going to get them by the door so you can kind of screen that out. If you don't want a wild afternoon, you can take whatever out of those you want, but they're going to be right by the door. Um, so I'll pray for you, and then you're dismissed to go, all right? Father, we thank you for this day. What a blessed day it's been. Just so many great things going on. So, so much of your Spirit's work in our lives, we see. And I want to pray over Life Church today for our identity for identity as your people who have been purchased by the blood of your son, Jesus. It's unthinkable, Lord, what you've done for us. We can't fathom it. And many days we run from our identity, I think, because maybe it's, it's almost too good to be true that you would love us, that you would go to such effort, such lengths to buy us back, to purchase us, the blood of your own son, Jesus. But I pray that the reality that we belong to you and no other, would sink deep into our hearts in 2018. That this would not just be some sort of like a fact in the back of our brains, but that this would become the reality that we've been purchased, that we're not our own in body and soul, but in life and in death, we belong to you, Jesus, our faithful Savior. We're so thankful for you. We can't say it enough. And so I pray, Lord, that this identity would change everything about our lives, that that the the service that we render to you would be out of... Um, glad hearts that have received this incredible gift. I pray your blessings over this people, Lord, that we uh, just are so glad we get to shepherd. I pray that you'd be with them now today and as they go through the week leading up to Christmas, would you protect, would you guide? Would this season truly about, be about rejoicing in you and what you've done for us in making us your children? We thank you for this identity. We love you and we trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.